welcome to the Transformational Storyteller Podcast. The stories we tell ourselves and others shape the lives we lead. I'm your host, Dara Lise Lyons. Welcome to another episode of the Transformational Storyteller Podcast, where the stories we tell ourselves and others impact the lives we lead. Uh, my guest today, I'm really, really excited to have her on the podcast. Her name is Jen Massey, and her story, I think, is one that speaks to how to make changes in our lives when the external circumstances aren't really requiring us to, um, and how to make that choice to go from a good life to a phenomenal one. So I'm really excited to hear what she has to say today, and um, thank you so much, Jen, for being here. Thanks for having me here today. Um, as Darley said, my name is Jennifer Massey, and I am a certified mindset and energy leadership coach. My story is a little bit different than some of the other individuals that we've heard here on Lisa's podcast. I haven't necessarily had a traumatic experience that has forced me to change my ways. I've lived a very good life and I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've had. The challenge was that while I was walking this preconceived path of success, um, you know, I graduated from college with a job. I bought my first house when I was 23 and over the next decade I really worked my way up the corporate ladder into um, some management level positions. but. The whole time I felt like something was missing. I always wanted to have a direct impact on the lives of others and I became so glued to the idea that success brought happiness that I was ignoring this internal alarm that was going off in my body and with every promotion I received I actually felt worse. I felt like I was moving further away from my goal of helping others and you know, I did certain things to try to fill that need of helping others. I joined the wellness committee. I put myself in positions that really allowed me to help others. But the whole time, I just, I felt lost. And one day I was sitting in my boss's office and I was pitching an idea for a project that would really have an impact on my sales team and have an impact on an underserved customer segment. And when he started to push back, I lost it. I'm not an emotional person. and. I started crying ugly, snotty tears in his office, and it was in that moment that I realized that I could not ignore this alarm anymore. I couldn't ignore the burnout that I was feeling, and that evening I went home and I started researching careers where I could really have that impact on the lives of others, and I found core energy coaching. And through my research, I realized that this type of coaching was really transformational and it could really help others and it honestly it really helped me and over the next 10 months when I was enrolled in this program I went through my own transformation I started to control my energy I started to shift my mindsets and I was still at corporate and through these basic changes I started getting promotions and opportunities that I had to fight for in the past and I started to realize that my energy and my happiness drove success. It wasn't the other way around. So as soon as I received my certification, I quit my full-time job and became an energy leadership coach. And I have never been happier. I love empowering women to beat the burnout, um, to notice those 
signs before it becomes too late. So happy to be here. If, like me, you love stories that are about resilience and redemption and change and personal empowerment and solutions, you will love books by Loving Healing Press. Um, they're a phenomenal publisher who uh, puts out books that really have the power to transform lives on an individual level and they've generously offered 15% off to any viewers or listeners of the Transformational Storyteller podcast. To take advantage of that offer, all you have to do is go to www.lhpress.com and enter the coupon code DARALISE for 15% off. That's D-A-R-A-L-Y-S-E. Jen, thanks so much for being here. Yeah. No, I'm so happy that you had me on today. Thank I, you. I really appreciate it. And I love the thing that spoke to me most about your story. And I really want to hear more about Core Connection and all that. <laughs> but like, but this idea that the external circumstances don't have to be horrible for us to want to make a yeah. change. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. You know, what? what's really interesting is a lot of my life, I, you know, I was walking this path of success and even though I felt like something was missing, I felt like I couldn't change because you know I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. I was checking all of those boxes that people are supposed to check to be successful and be happy. So I, I was feeling almost greedy by wanting more. And through that, through that feeling of like, oh, but I should be happy right now, it was enough to keep me from, from looking to get more. And you know, I don't think this ever really occurred to me until this exact moment, or maybe as I was listening to you tell your story, but I feel like for, in some ways, my own self-destructive habits were a way of me giving myself permission to not check all those boxes. Yeah. And so I feel like, like someone doesn't need to become, they don't need to develop an eating disorder or alcoholism or self-abuse or something like they can maybe give themselves permission to fill that void before it becomes a chasm. Right, so we all have um, gremlins, right? We all have a voice inside ourselves that says that we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And for me, that resonates with me because when people start to be like, oh, well, I don't have an eating disorder, so therefore I can't go get help, or I don't, you know, I don't have a drinking problem, so therefore I can't go get help. We still have this voice inside ourselves that's saying that we're not good enough. And every time that we start to do something that fuels that voice, we listen to it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm not good enough to be happy. I'm not good enough to do that. And it, it's the self-destructive habit that yeah. continues to just beat us down and take our energy away from us. Well, and it's like, I'm not even good enough to be bad enough to warrant getting better. Right. right. Yeah. Like, th this is good enough. And that's the problem is when you start saying, like, this is good enough and you start reconciling that, you know what, like, it's fine that you become stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then also I think sometimes we create networks of support around that stuckness, right? <laughs> and I wanted to ask you because you decided to make a change when from the outside it might have been hard to justify that change. So how, like, how did people meet that? 
It was tough. It was really tough. Um, for me personally, um, it was, you know, my husband is incredibly supportive. Um, he's been behind me 100% of the way. For me, it was with my parents. Mm. Um, they have given me every opportunity that I've had in this life, and I'm so incredibly grateful for that. But I felt like I'd be disappointing them by stepping away from this career and stepping away from the education that they helped me with. And because I felt like this overwhelming sense of like, oh my God, I'm gonna disappoint them and they're going to not stop loving me, right? Like my parents love me and you know they're gonna watch this and <laughs> definitely be like, what are you talking about? You're on crack. But like they, I just, I have them on such a pedestal that for me, it was really tough. And any moment that they started to question like, is this really what you wanna do? Are you really gonna quit with only one client? Are you really, that I, that would fuel that gremlin of I'm not good enough to do this. Um, but the moment I was 100% bought in and made up my mind that said like, that's it, I'm quitting my job, I'm giving my notice, this is my last day, they were behind me 100% of the way and I realized that I, the story I was telling myself was just that it was a story. They were actually behind me the entire time. Oh, yeah. But because I was telling myself this story that like, oh my God, like, I'm gonna disappoint my parents, I can't do this, that I was believing the story. And as soon as I committed to being like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna change my life, I'm gonna go help other people, that they were like, oh my God, please, go yeah. go do more, you're, you're meant for better. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, you mentioned energy, and I think that like there is this thing that happens if we're, if our energy isn't completely behind something, then other people pick up on that and they're sort of like, well, you seem confused, so I'm confused for you. Right, right. Yeah. And it turns into this protective level of energy where they're like, because if you have that energy where like, I'm not sure, I don't know if I'm good enough, I don't know if I can do it, people pick up on that and they, they turn into caregivers. And they almost fuel that, it's okay, you don't have to be good at it. And then you start telling yourself, like, oh, my, oh my God, do they not believe in me? Yeah. Where the whole time they, they do believe in you. They're trying to take care of you. And by shifting yourself out and really owning it, people start to pick up on that new level of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so you, and like, so I want to know, do you feel like this, this decision, this like what you're doing now, was that always something that was inside of you and you just didn't give voice to it? Or is it something that you feel like developed at a certain point for you? So I feel like it's always been there. I always knew I wanted to help others. I always knew I wanted to inspire and empower others. I don't think I knew how. I think the how is what was always missing. And it was through my journey and through eventual research. I think I did a lot of things, I'm not gonna say wrong, but I did a lot of things that I thought would help me help others. Mm. And by doing a bunch of things that ultimately was not what I wanted to do, it helped me discover what I did want to do. Yeah. Um, and I had, at corporate, I was always that person that people would call me into their office and be like, I, I need an impartial third party. I need a life coach. I need this. Like, I need you to sit and listen. And it was through that that I started to pick up on the fact that I'm like, you know, there, there's actually something to this coaching thing. There yeah. is something to just being that body and being there for people to just be that sounding board, the non-judgmental sounding board that lets people take the space they need to get the answers that they want. Well, and I think for me, one of the most impactful things about your story when we connected was 
this notion of like, okay, what sort of the misconception that everybody who needs some sort of like coaching or help or or even strives for it like has to come from some hardship or some trauma or some something and so you know being connected with you I was like oh actually like what if people just strove for better and more connected and more purposeful lives without having to get to that point of desperation and bottom so can you speak to that a little bit yeah I feel like you know there's definitely a stigma around mental health um, and coaching is different than therapy, but yeah. a lot of people put them together. A lot of people are afraid to ask for help because that it comes from a place of vulnerability. Mm. It comes from a place of being like, again, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And by asking for help or asking for a coach to help guide them, it's really facing that gremlin head on and being like, you know, I'm not good enough and I do need help or I do need direction yeah. here. And I fully agree that if people can start to strive for better, that this whole world would be a better place. If we started to get out of our own ways and just look for help. I am, I don't think I necessarily believed it before I became a coach, but I am a full believer that all coaches need coaches. Like everybody needs a coach. I have a coach. Yes. Um, I actually have three coaches. I talk to different people about different things and it's incredibly, it's incredible what, has transpired through my personal journey working with coaches and what I see my clients, how they've grown by just giving them the space and allowing them to show up and be like, you know, I don't know how to navigate this situation. Well, and I have a coach too. And actually, you know, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, many of the people in my life and in my support network, um, who have been all along, right? There are some people who are new, newer mm-hmm. in my life, like within the last 10 years since I got into recovery and all they really know is the me who's like happy and healthy and well-adjusted. But the people who knew the me I was before support me in coaching because they know that I have this history of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of like, well, yeah, yeah. You do all the stuff that's going to keep you like moving forward so you don't go backward. But right. I feel like, well... What if we just kept moving forward because moving forward in and of itself gives us greater joy and purpose and yeah. you know, like and meaning? So how do yeah. you kind of help people to see that that's what coaching does? Right. So um, I'm a core energy coach. Yeah. So what I typically do to help explain that to people is I explain that there's seven levels of energy. And most people tend to resonate in the first three, which is really a draining type of energy and if we can start to focus on shifting to those higher levels where we can start to feel that sense of joy connection seeing opportunities Mm. being in the flow that it not only helps them but it helps everybody around them so by helping them because that's usually the thing is people don't necessarily want to invest in helping themselves but by shifting into a higher level of energy and aiming for greater, they're actually helping everybody around them. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the gremlins, and I'm sure that that's connected to not wanting to help yourself, right? Because if we don't feel worth it, Mm -hmm. well, then why? We're not worth it. So, of course, we're not going to invest in ourselves. But but I kind of feel like it's this cycle where a person doesn't believe that they're worth it until they start doing the things to feel worthy. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to do the things until like there's it, that it's, belief. So it's, it's a vicious a cyclical. cycle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really hard to break out of it. But the moment you start to break out of it is 
you can see, you can physically see people's energy shift when they start to realize like, oh my God, I can do this. Yes. I, I can walk into that meeting and ask for a raise. I can manage a team of 10 people when I didn't think I could manage a team of two. Like I, like you literally, at the beginning of a call, a lot of my clients, I do video chat. Okay, yeah. And you kind of see them like, oh, like kind of hunched over. And by the end, they're like, oh my God, and this, and like just word vomiting, yeah. like all of their opportunities. And it's really fun to see them shift into that higher level. Well, and I think you speak to something. I want to hear more specifically about Core Connection, but like even just in what you're saying now, I'm thinking about, I do comedy improv, right? Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. there's something about when someone starts to imagine things that they didn't know were possible, it's like their whole body opens yeah. and their whole, like their eyes become mm -hmm. lighter and brighter. And so is that a little bit what you're talking about? Like they're starting to imagine these possibilities yeah. for themselves? So that's actually a coaching tool that I use and it's called visioning. So if people are really stuck in their own way and can't get out of like, I call it the circle of self. Mm -hmm. um, it's really when you're feeling like a victim or you feel like you have to fight and there's no way out, you don't have choice. Um, if you're stuck there, you start to just say, you start to use the tool of visioning of, you know, if nothing was in your way, if you had no hurdles, if you had n like nothing holding you back, what would be different about this situation? Yeah. Or imagine your life one year from today. Yeah. Like, give me, d don't just tell me what you're doing. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Who are you surrounded by? What emotions are you feeling? And it really starts to bring people out of that little circle into the realm of possibility. And that's, to your point, like their body language changes. And I love like, the idea of doing that with the support of a coach and the encouragement because sometimes I think if, like I'll just speak from my own experience, like if I'm in a really dark, stuck place, there is no imagining otherwise until someone kind of takes my hand and guides me to mm -hmm. something that could be better. And thank gosh I haven't been in that place in a long time, but I, I think a lot of people are in that place of yeah. like, well, I don't even see anything other than this. Yeah, and you probably experience it more than you think, the thought of not having choice. Um, mm. And it's when you start to be like, there is no other way. Like that, like I have to go to this party, like I don't have any other choices, like I just have, I have to go to this work event or I have to go to the social gathering. Mm. And you can suck yourself out and be like, you know what, there are other choices. You could choose not to go. Yeah. You're choosing to go. And it's starting to change that language to allow people to see that their actions or their lack of actions are actually choices. Yes. And forcing them to really think outside the box. And if they start to say like, oh, like I just, I can't think of anything else. It's like, all right, well, what if your friend was going through this situation? You know, what options would you give them? Yeah, yeah. Well, and just that little like language shift, right? Of like, I have to go here. Yeah. Or I have to do this versus, no, I'm making the choice to do this. You might still choose the same thing, but mm -hmm. it's a different level of empowerment to go into it and saying, I'm going to choose to go to this party. And maybe yeah. I still don't want to go, but I'm going to choose because it's better for my work life. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, better for my marriage or whatever. Like, and I'm going to, I'm going to make that choice. Yeah. And then, and then it does take the victim out of it. it the victimhood out of it. It yeah. does because it allows you to, you walk in and being like, okay, I know why I'm here. Yeah. I chose to be here and this is why I chose to be here. So if it's a party that you didn't necessarily want to go to in the first place, by making the choice, you can remind yourself like, okay, I chose to be here because it's a work function yeah. and it, you know, my job could potentially depend on it or whatever the case is. Right. Yeah. So, okay, you're 
working in corporate, yeah. you start looking for other opportunities. How did you first come upon Core Connection Coaching? So I literally Google. <laughs> Really? Okay. And and then like, what, what 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 was the process of that? Walk me through that. So you like hear about this thing and then like, yeah. yeah does... So I just literally, I was at a really, really low point yeah. and I just started Googling. I was like, what jobs can help other people? Yeah. Um, and my friends had always called me a life coach. So I'm like, you know, that was on the list of things like top 10 things to do to help other people. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, let me let me look into this. So I looked into coaching, and I started looking into the top coaching programs. Okay. And that's when I like, there's so many coaching programs out there. Yeah. And I have always had the mindset of spend money, like if it's worth the investment, make the investment. Yes. Don't cut any corners. There's a ton of coaching programs out there that you can be certified in like two weeks or after a one weekend thing. And I was like, that's not for me. No. Um, so I found Core Energy Coaching and reading the description of this program. It was an eight month, all intensive program. Um, and they teach you to coach by coaching you. Uh, so they walked, every, every single person that goes through their coaching program is coached by a core energy coach and is like literally goes step one through Z, A through Z yeah. to go through. So I experienced my own transformation through the program. And to me, when I was doing my research, and I was like, oh, like I can learn how to coach or I can learn who I am as a coach. Yeah. And that's the direction that I took. Which is so impactful because I think it's like, I mean, I, I don't know. I personally, I think it's possible to coach having never done a thing. But the level of experience that you have to share, the like ups, the downs, the breakthroughs, the, you know, it's just yeah. not the same. Yeah. yeah. And what's really interesting is like when I got into coaching and when I used to, you know, play life coach, I totally wasn't coaching in the same way that I am now. I was probably playing judgmental, but not judgmental friend. So, yes. you know, I was attached to their agenda. So, you know, when my colleagues were like, do I take this new job? Do I leave this corporation? Like, what do I do? I probably had a say in that game. I did not necessarily want to lose my friend. Mm. Um, so as much as I tried to play impartial third party, I wasn't. And through this coaching program, I have really learned that I can take myself completely out of the box yes. and remove myself from the situation and be that person who is there and I have learned ways to offer insight without leading the client because there are a lot of times where it's like, I totally want to jump in their box and be like, oh, well, if it were me, I would tell that guy to go, you know, yeah. jump off a bridge. But I'm like, whoop, yeah. it's not getting your box right now yeah. and really help you think through what's best for you right. while also offering like, you know, I have been in a similar situation or a client has been in this and this is what they've done as a way to help them see that there's other options. And that really does empower people. Because if people are coming to you because they feel disempowered in their life, then the last thing you want to do is disempower them yeah. through the process yeah. of coaching. And you don't want to tell anybody what to do. And yeah. I tell that to my clients all the time, which is like, we're going to stick to your agenda. Whatever you want to talk about, whatever you choose to work on over the next week is your choice. Yeah. I may suggest things, but at the end of the day, I need them to be bought in on it. because. Coaching doesn't work unless you want to be coached and unless you want to be changed. And you need to be willing to be like, this is what I'm going to do and this is why it's going to help me and I'm going to go do this exercise and report back next week on how it's 
working. So then how do you envision, like, do you see yourself as walking side by side with your clients as sort of like moving behind them, bolstering them forward? I like, I, yeah, like yeah. what's the visual image of that? Partnering. I, okay. I partner with my clients. So I am there every step of the way if they want me to be. I am their accountability partner. I am their cheerleader. I am whatever they need me to be in that mm -hmm. moment. But I really partner with them to make sure that what they're choosing to do really is the best choice. Yeah. So if they, and I use best loosely, that technically is a judgment. Yeah. Um, but if they say like, this is what I have to do, I work on them on that word choice to say, is this really what you have to do or are you choosing to do it? And if they don't see other options, I help them see other options and then allow them to make their decision from there. And then once we kind of land on what they're going to do, then I partner with them to say, well, what do you need to be held accountable this week? Yeah. Who's your accountability partner? Do you have somebody at home that can help you with this? Um, do you want to check in with me next week and tell me that you've done it so that like they're still taking the action? Yes. But they like if they don't have anybody at home to be like, hey, like I journaled five days in a row, like they can text me and say, yeah. yo, I just did my fifth journal, like, and I will celebrate that with them. Yeah. That's really inspiring. Well, and I want to ask, like, so for your journey yeah. to becoming a coach, what was one of, like, one or two of the biggest breakthroughs for you along the way? Yeah. yeah. Um, probably the first, after the first weekend. So th the way the program is laid out is there are three in-person weekends where you spend 30 hours immersed in learning how to coach and, like, being coached. Wow. And probably that very first weekend I walked away being like holy crap everything every frustration I've had every um, moment of anger and blaming other people was was me mm -hmm. it wasn't other people that was doing that it was my energy and that was that realization that I was getting in my own way and learning to take that and start to shift how I showed up to work because I was in a very dark place when I enrolled, like the fact that I was even willing to leave corporate. Yeah. And I was able to start taking what I learned and starting to control my energy and realizing like, before I went into meetings, if I felt myself coming from that like, you know, circle of self, that, that low level of energy, that fighter and victim stance, I would take time to say like, pause, center, how can you approach this with a higher level of energy? Where is the opportunity in going to this meeting that you want nothing to do with? Like, where's the opportunity? And through that, I was able to shift myself out of the dark place. And I don't necessarily think I ever got to a great place at corporate, yeah. but I got myself to being okay. Yeah. And that was enough. Right, right. Well, and for you, I mean, it, I'm clear that it was like, you were gonna stay there until you got the certification. So there was like a, making it better was good enough. Whereas mm -hmm. for someone else, making it better wouldn't be good enough right. because they would need to leave or figure out something else or whatever, because you don't want to just stop at that right. stagnation. And, and for me, I was like, I just need to get to a place of being okay. Yeah. And by utilizing the coaching mechanisms on myself and working with coaches, I was able to shift from this feeling of, I don't have a choice, I'm having panic attacks every day, I am avoiding going into the office, to being able to go into meetings and present my case and get promoted and do things that I had definitely talked myself out of yeah. before. So it was, 
even my boss said that he saw a shift in me. He's yeah. like, uh, everyone around me, they're like, you know, you, you've kind of become a different person. And many of them were actually shocked that I left by the end because I had done such a good job of pulling myself out of that dark place that things were going so well that when I eventually gave my notice, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, but everything's going your way. I'm like, yeah, but I still want to go do this coaching thing. Like, I still want to have an impact on people's lives. And I am choosing to not do it here. See, I love that because I remember, this was years and years ago, I was in a treatment facility for the eating disorder and um, I had this amazing like, group therapist and he said at one point, he's like, you know, people always think that the worst things in life are like, you know, the, he's like, um, what did he say? Essentially the way that he put it was that the worst times, the lowest moments, the rock bottoms are not our enemies. Mm -hmm. per se, but that good is the enemy of great. He's like, because yeah. when we, oftentimes as human beings, we get to okay yeah. or good enough and yeah. then we stop there. And so I love that you had enough belief in yourself to say, you know what, like good is not good enough. Yeah, good is not good enough. As I was willing to walk away from something I'd always strive for. I finally got the, like that final promotion that I'm like, I just need to get this promotion and just prove that they value me. And I got it, and I was like, you know what, I'm still not happy, and I'm not going to get it here. And it's actually interesting because a lot of people think like dark places, they try to stay away from them, but dark places also propel that motion forward. Yeah. And when you get stuck in that good enough, sometimes you need to drop down in order to move up. You need to realize that like good enough, the problem is the word enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why are you settling? <laughs> the, some of the lowest points in my life have been when I've reached my goals and thought, is this all there is? Mm -hmm. Like, is this, real, is this really the thing that I was striving for? Because it's never about the thing, right? It's yeah. about the meaning. It's about the purpose. It's about the hunger yeah. for connection or whatever it is. And so if you're just going for like, oh, I'm going for this promotion or this check on my list you, yeah. you know, like and we get so and we get so attached to outcomes yeah. and like we set these crazy expectations and if one thing is different from whatever that expectation is everything else could be great the journey to that moment could be spot on but if that final thing is not what we thought it was going to be you almost forget the whole journey yeah well that's why i think it's really interesting that you describe your coaching as energy coaching mm -hmm. because like to me there is no and I, I don't know enough about it so you can correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> but like I you know I think with energy like there can't really be an outcome because it's always shifting it's always, it's always moving shifting. it's always different so I think trying to attaching ourselves to a certain energetic matrix makes a little more sense than trying to attach yourself to like a specific thing yeah. or moment yeah no you're, you're spot on so um yeah we all are always moving and bouncing between those seven levels of energy. And it's like, the one thing I like to do to explain it to people is like, if you take your two fingers and like stick it in your side, that's like the negative energy, it mm. distracts you. And if you can work on like releasing that, it allows you to be more engaged yeah. in whatever you're doing. And it allows you to really start to see that there is opportunity for better and get out of your own way. So then do you think then that like we're kind of like, almost like that we start from a positive energy point and then the negative stuff is all distraction or do we start from a negative and have to like raise our level of free like I mean I don't know yeah so 
our energy is based on everything that has happened to us up until that moment and how we've responded to it. Okay. So, and there really is no good or bad energy. We call it catabolic energy is those are those lower levels and mm -hmm. anabolic are the higher levels. Okay. And the reason that we try to say there is no good or bad is because everything serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. So the lower levels are like the fight or flight. So if you're in a stress reaction and something's happening to you, it's okay to fall back into victim or fall back yeah. into fighter to protect yourself. It's being aware that you're there and choosing to shift out of it. So it's having yeah. control over your energy and understanding and as you begin to understand the seven levels of energy and start to work your way up, then you begin to access the lower levels when you choose to access them. So Well, and I would imagine if you find that you're in a lower level of energy, like, and you're noticing a pattern, like, oh, well, when I spend time with this person, my energy drops, or mm -hmm. oh, when I go into this place, or when I do have a drink after dinner or whatever, like the, it impacts my energy. And I feel like then it empowers you to notice those patterns. Yeah, exactly. And you can, you recognize it and you're like, do I want to, do I want to live there? Do I, am I choosing this level of energy or am I shifting out of it? Um, the really interesting thing is when people start to talk about like, you know, they want less stress in their life. They want more success in their life. It's actually the same stimulus. It's the same thing. It's how you respond to that moment mm -hmm. that's going to determine if it's stress or if it's success. And it's the energy you bring to it yeah. to determine, like, am I going to have a negative reaction or am I going to have a reaction that propels me forward? You know what? I think personally speaking, like, that moment is, a, is what I like. I needed to hear you say that because I feel like oftentimes I will be stressed at some of the most amazing things yeah. in my life. And it's like, what am I, why am I perceiving this as dangerous? Or like, I don't know, another impetus to strive more yeah. or something. And I think what you just said sort of like really explained why depending on what I bring to a situation, the same thing can either light me up mm -hmm. or shut me down. Yeah. And it's completely circumstantial. So it's based on what you've experienced in your life up to that moment that kind of trains your body which way you're going to respond. And being aware of that is what then starts to allow you to choose your reaction differently. Yeah. Wow. So how do you, like, I mean, in terms of working with other people to do this work, like, how do you structure that? What does that look like? Yeah, so I typically meet with people on a weekly basis. Um, once we've met for a couple months, I then let them choose, do they like the weekly basis? Most of my clients do because of the accountability piece. Yeah. Um, but we just chat, really. We, I start every session with, like, what is your goal for this session? What do you want to talk about? Yeah. What do you want to get out of it? And through that, I then, I listen for energy blocks. I listen for what might be coming up in their life. I listen for things like, are, are they stuck in their own way and what could be triggering that? And I just ask questions to help them recognize it. And I, I have some tools that I can use and exercises that I can use to help them start thinking outside the box and help them start to shift their energy. So um, if they are already at that higher level of energy, um, there's advantages and disadvantages of every level. So. For somebody who's resonating at a higher level, who sees opportunity in everything, 
I like to call it shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Like they can get stuck in their own way and not be able to make a decision because everything's a good opportunity yes. and like I don't know which way to go. Or they so, start a bunch of things and don't finish any of them or what yeah, Right. Yeah. So it's like how do we bring them back and sometimes drop them into a lower lower level long enough to say like, okay, whew, pause. Everything's an opportunity, but which opportunity is the right opportunity for this moment? Yeah. Or if they're coming from that victim state, it's okay, well, what can we do to get you to start fighting for yourself? And what can we do to start getting you to like move up yeah. the rank? So it, every coaching call is different. Um, sometimes it's very inward facing, helping people find their authentic self. Sometimes it's, I work with a lot of people from corporate because yeah. that's my path. Um, so it's leadership development skills, helping them fight the imposter syndrome and allowing them to realize like, I do deserve a place at the table. Yes. I do have a voice and I can manage these people and work my way up the ranks. Yeah. I love that. And I love that like you, you work with a lot of people in a corporate space. And I know that that's not the only population that you serve, but like, I just feel like, you know, you left corporate, but then somehow you're, you're now giving back to corporate in a way that you couldn't when you were still right. there. I. I think because of my journey, I love helping people in that corporate space because I don't want to see what happened to me happen to them. And I tend to attract more female clients and I think it's because I see them in myself and as much as I stay out of their box, like I know what they're up against. I know, I understand firsthand the gender gap. I understand that it's really hard to get promoted as a female. It's really hard to get the salary. And those are all limiting beliefs, but they're things that we internalize and start using to block our energy and to pre prevent our, ourselves from moving forward. And we start telling ourselves the story that like, oh, I'm never gonna get that job because you know Joe is gonna get it because he's right. the guy and they always hire the guy over the girl, so why bother? And maybe doing things to sabotage ourselves along the ways, which mm -hmm. I'm famous for mm -hmm. <laughs> historically, you, but yeah. You, you and me both. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, so, I, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's important to have a coach because it's like people that you talk to that are, that will hold us accountable yeah. to our ultimate vision, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like easy to lose sight of that vision on a moment by moment basis. So let's say someone did want to get in touch with you or find out more about your coaching yeah. or set up a session or something like, how would they do that? Yeah. So, um, if you want to get in touch with me, um, my website is www.conchicoaching.com. It's C O N S H Y coaching.com. It's just short for Concha Hawken. That's where I live. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Conchi coaching. I'm not great at the other social media, so Instagram is yeah, definitely yeah. We'll, we'll the just best put, way. Yeah, put Instagram um, and, and your website. But the best way to really get in touch is just check out my website or drop me a note. Um, I tend to recommend that people start with this thing called the Energy Leadership Assessment, mm. and that really helps people understand where they are currently. So what is, how are they energetically presenting themselves to the world? And through the 90-minute debrief, we start to really uncover what is holding them back yeah. and where are they resonating and from there we then transition into a coaching relationship where we meet every week oh that's really great yeah. and i also as you said 
they can be anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country, because you do these yep. meetings by I use video. Zoom. Yeah, right? I yeah, use Zoom video. Um, I can also do phone, but I prefer the video because then I can actually see people's energy and see if you're getting emotional or yeah. if I need to give you a moment. Um, a lot of times, because I tend to coach corporate folks, they're coming to me midday, and I will actually take the time. I will notice that their energy is pent up and I'll be like, you know what, let's just take three minutes and let's start with a centering exercise yeah. and really allow you to kind of pause and focus and come in on your own. So, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. And yeah. also I wanted to ask, so like, you know, um, I always ask people this cause I'm a sucker for stories. Yeah. Um, but you know, I remember like reading kids books and fairy tales and there's always like a moral or a lesson or, a theme in every really story that's well told. And so I just yeah. wanted to ask, like, if someone was to pick up the book of your life and flip through and read it, like, what story or lesson would you want them to emerge with? I would probably say the one lesson that I would want them to emerge with is the story we're t we tell ourselves is not always the right story. Mm -hmm. And we have the power to truly live a life that we are that we want to live and that we're capable of li living and we are meant for so much more. So if you are feeling like there's something missing, take the time to figure out what it is. Take the time to fulfill whatever that need is, figure out what your core values are and go live a life that you choose to live, not necessarily the life that was handed to you. Oh my gosh, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, I really, that really resonates with me. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This is, this is really great. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Transformational Storyteller Podcast. As always, thanks to our episode sponsors, our production team at Rebel Hill Consulting, and of course, many thanks to you, the listener. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I hope you're creating stories that empower you and inspire others.